0: like to say good morning and greetings to each one here. Greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior. The one who had disciples and the one who wrote in the book of John. And as I think of some of the last messages, I'm still in the book of John and I got to the last chapter and I, I realized there's um, a very interesting portion of scripture that I didn't understand before. I'm not sure if I totally understand it but it brings to life brings to light how Jesus dealt with Peter. And the title of my message this morning is the restoration of Simon Peter. The word restoration is is maybe not the right one but it was in the some of the resources I was reading and it fits well and it it you might have to uh you know, look through it a little bit to understand it, but in general that seems to be a a good word. John chapter twenty one. I had studied this to go to Waymart last Sunday and we didn't go and we didn't have service here and it worked well with the busy week to have something to share for this Sunday. So that's a little bit where it came from. Um, so we look at the book of John. It's John chapter 21. I think I'm just going to read verses 1 to 14. Going to jump right in it. I never know how much to... What would I say? I like to talk about the, the thing that really matters and not just the details and, and the, the story and this, but like to really get into things. And that gets hard. It'd be easy just to tell the story, to give you all the basics, and then just be done. But there's a there's some things in here I don't understand and they're very they're very personal. Not necessarily to me, but personal as in how you relate to God, how you relate to Jesus. And we will see some of that as we come. So let's read, get the setting, the whole story. I'm going to read the whole chapter eventually, but for now, John chapter 21, verses 1 through through 14. Says After these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth, and entered into a ship immediately, And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of the fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were two hundred cubits dragging the net with fishes. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up, and drew the net to to land, full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. None of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Then Jesus cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. I'm going to stop reading. Now go back to the beginning. (coughs) Just a few things as we look down through what what the setting is for this story. (coughs) To get get it in your head, it was Jesus had rose from the dead already and the people were still doubting. They were still wondering about this. And there's a verse in um, Matthew 28, um, 16 and 17 that specifically says some were doubting, some didn't know, and maybe even some of the disciples. And Jesus is showing himself to the disciples, and I think that's why John wrote it here, and the end of verse 1, it says, On this wise showed he himself. It's like, this is how Jesus took upon him to try to get it in the disciples' heads. I rose from the dead, and this is me. This is true. In verse 2, it says how many there were. There was seven of them. Seven of the disciples, of the original disciples. Two of them, we don't know who they are. It says two, of the, of, two other of his disciples. And it starts out this way. Simon Peter in verse 3 says, uh, I'm going fishing. And the rest said, we'll go with you. They fished all night, and they didn't catch anything. And in verse 4, when it says, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore as we know, I think they fish during the night because the fish might uh, tend to come to the top a little bit more or it might be uh, easier to do. But when it was the morning, through through the whole night of them fishing, and as the, as the light got brighter and as dawn started, they saw this person walking on the shore. And the way I see it here, could be wrong, but it was light enough they could see somebody, but they didn't know who it was. And I think that's why John says, but when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. It wasn't like they saw Him and they didn't recognize Him. It was the fact that it was just getting light and they saw a figure of a person walking on the shore and they couldn't tell who it was by the light wasn't bright enough to do it. But Jesus called out in verse 5 and says, Children, have you any meat? And they said, No. It's like we didn't catch anything. Now, when He says, Have you any meat? It's kind of hard to know what that means i um tried to look at a little bit how why didn't jesus say he knew they're going for fish he said what do you have any fish he just said meat but if you look at some of these words fish and meat kind of intertwine because of the basic uh, food that they ate so it's a little bit interchangeable there um almost like we would use the word food for meat or uh, you know fish is a food meat is a food you say do you have any food or do you have any fish it's Sort of like you have something to eat. So, that's a little bit how I saw it there. But um, and also the word children. Uh, the commentaries can get a little carried away. But their idea was, is Jesus was like, "Hey boys, hey you out there, uh, you have any? Did you get anything? Do you have any meat?" And when I heard of the word boys, it's it's kind of like in. Um, in secular terms in the army and in the in the, the wars they talk about bring the boys back from the war uh, maybe way back i would hear the old the old neighbor would talk about he was in world war one and he would talk about the boys and just sort of the term but it's um that term has idea of of there's a relationship there it's not just you and it's it's there's something there's a connection there with it so he said children have you any meat and he said and they answered him no and so he turned around and said, uh, cast your net on the other side. So they did. They were not able to pull in the amount of fishes. And in verse um, 7 it says, Now therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. They finally called on they said, something's, something's happening here. And Peter, when he heard it, This verse always I wondered how, why, why did they say about Peter he didn't have his clothes right and he he jumped in the sea and all this? Uh, We know Peter is the kind of the go-ahead one or the outspoken one, and um, you know I could be looking a little bit too far, but he wanted to be the first one to shore since he knew when he said about John goes, John tells Peter he's like Peter that's the Lord, and Peter's like. Yeah, it is. And so when he said about grabbing his fisher's coat, I read, makes a little more sense to me that the Jews regarded a greeting as a religious act that could only be done when one was clothed properly. And I think Peter was catching on to this. He says, if this is Jesus, I need to make sure I have my clothes right. And now whether it was his fisher's coat or what it was, I mean, us men, if it's not convenient to work with some big bulky clothes on you take it off but if that was needed to to follow through with the way the Jews greeted somebody uh, and approached somebody, then Peter said, I need my coat because normally when you jump into water you don't take clothes with you you know that that's a dry that's a dead weight and Peter did that it says he uh, he girt his fisher's coat unto him for he was naked and then he cast himself into the sea and it kind of gave me a little understanding what Peter might have been doing there. And this was about, in, in distance, about 100 yards from the shore. I don't think it says it here. Or, yeah, it does. It says um, 200 cubits there in verse 8, as they um, were bringing, bringing things to shore. And in verse 9, as soon, as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a, saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus had this already there. And it's a little hard for me to hold back the reasonings for this yet till we get later. But I'm just setting up the story for what Jesus Jesus had. He, he has a fire there. He has fish and bread. And I'm not really sure why he told Peter, Bring some of your fish which ye have caught. Because it says there was uh, fish laid on the fire already and bread. And we know Jesus had Ability to have plenty of food there for him but he told Peter he said go get bring some of the fish which you have now caught there in verse 10 and so 11 says verse 11 Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land and is full of, 153 fish it says great fish," maybe they were good sized ones they weren't just little little uh, you no know, we used to say like Sunnies or bluegills the ones that you know they're just little they're not worth much but this this I think was was a good good catch of big fish. And it even gives a the number there, 153. And that, that number there is very intriguing. If you start looking at people's ideas of 153 fishes, you get, a, well, maybe not quite 153 answers, but you get a wide variety of <coughs> ideas and numbers. And it, it can almost look like prophecy when they start trying to figure out weeks and days. And I came across one that was very basic. <coughs> Kind of made sense to me, or I thought fit pretty well. That at that time, uh, there there was it was known. I don't know through the schooling or how it was that they assumed or found that there is 153 different kinds of fish, and that was the number they had come up with. And I don't know if Jesus goes, okay, so. If men want to say there's 153 kinds of fish, we'll just put 153 in that net just to just to reinforce uh, what he's doing here. And still, I don't even know why Jesus would have even done that. Like why he would have picked a number of 153 um, and why it's recorded how many. It kind of ends there. It just says uh, the net was so full, uh, but it wasn't broken. And then it keeps going. And so... I guess I'll leave you to your own ideas and, and things of um, what you want to do with 153. But, and I don't know if I have it in my notes later, but what went through my mind, man, just so you understand where I'm coming at with 153, is that Jesus said, go be fishers of men and catch all kinds. There's not one kind out there that you're not supposed to catch. You catch all the known kinds of men. I don't know if that would totally fit, but there's probably some reasoning why Jesus did that. And you can take it how you want. But that's where we'll quit with 153. <clears throat> Verse 12 says, Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. And this is a, more a term of come and eat breakfast. You were hungry, you worked all night. It's time for a, a main meal of the day. And it says, none of them wanted to know, or none of them, and none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou? That's basically saying uh, in the NIV, it's like they knew it was the Lord, but the NIV says none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Like they, they just ignored that whole thing. They just said, we're not, it's like they assumed it, they were pretty sure of it. But they did not ask to confirm it. And it's just recorded here that that's what they did. And in verse 13, you have Jesus cometh. Jesus then cometh, taketh bread, and giveth them, and fish likewise. I don't know either if this is a reenactment of the Lord's Supper where you have you know, some emblems, not necessarily... Um, uh, wine and bread like we would know. Here it's fish and bread. But nonetheless, Jesus gathered them together over food, over a meal. And for, in verse 14 it says, This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after that he was risen from the dead. Jesus did want to make sure they knew who it was and that they believed in him. And as we know, we sit around the dinner table, the supper table, and once you're done eating, we like to just sit and talk. At least when we have company or when we go away for company, Sunday afternoon is a classic Or you eat and then you sit around and you talk. And this is where it gets down to the real thing. They were full, they were relaxed, and I have a note here, when you're finished eating, Then it was time to talk. Let's read verses 15 to 25. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, Thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and saith, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that... Th- that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, If he, sh- he shall not die, but if he will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they could be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself, could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Now I'm not sure if I'll get uh, just going down through the verses and getting into um, some of the points if I'll get them mixed up. But I do want to point out a couple things here. In verse 15, Jesus used Peter's old name. Just make a note of that. He said, Saith to Simon Peter, he said, Simon, son of Jonas. And I don't know. All the details of that, but uh, I know some of it later of what Jesus was trying to get at. Um, and I have down here that, <clears throat> maybe I'll just, just keep going with it. It seems as if Jesus used Peter's first name as a mean of reminding Peter who he was. So start getting in your mind, go back if you think what Peter had in his previous life, way back. And I failed to even look it up, but I think... In this whole thing, I think Peter was called to be a disciple through fishing and through the uh, events of what there was. And I'm not sure if Jesus had a miracle then. I was going to look and I didn't. But this is almost a similar setting of when Peter was called. And so Jesus has gone through this again and he used his old name uh, for this. And Jesus uses his old name and then he says, Lovest thou me more than these? And so this word love gets intermixed in here a little bit. <clears throat> And some make a big deal about it and some don't, but in the, in the Greek it, it uses two different types of love. And so the two different types of love is one is just an affection for, and the other one is a, is a sacrificial love that Christ would have for us, that Jesus had when he died on the cross. And so they're mixed in here a little bit. I don't know if I can explain them that you understand or not, but Jesus at, in the beginning here used the word, Peter, do you love me? as that sacrificial love. Is Peter willing to give his life to, to die for for the cause of Christ? And Peter said, I am. I, you know that I love me. Or you know that I love thee. And then he said, Feed my lambs. And it stops there. There's nothing given in the discussion. And he just, Jesus comes right around and lays this in on Peter again. And in verse 16, he repeats the same thing. And I don't know all the... Quite the ideas of the difference between the first time he said feed my lambs and in verse 16 he says feed my sheep but I think Peter was kind of aware of some differences that Jesus is pointing out and as you know that people would start changing words around on you when you're talking with them you would pay attention and he's like well they didn't use the same word they use a different word um, lambs instead of sheep it's similar but yet it's different and in 17 Jesus used sheep again <clears throat> the one thing is in in lambs and sheep you know that lambs are young and sheep are old and I think it gave a, a variation of all the people that Peter was supposed to supposed to feed but let's look at this one here that says <clears throat> it's in verse uh, 15 here when, when Peter says or when Jesus says it the right away there's like how to take these 3 and keep them in in, in the right order so he says Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me more than these <clears throat> so the more than these is a uh, is a hard one to know a little bit what would have been taking place there but i take it to mean as I, as you go through it all you 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 look at it as does he love Jesus more than the rest of the disciples and so Jesus says Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me more than these but that's not to limit that it could mean uh, fishing um, the work all the different things that would uh, you know want that affection or that love And so we don't know. Jesus says more than these, and Peter just responded with, with what he had. So in verse 15 you have it, kind of Jesus giving these questions. 16 you have it again, but in verse 16 the only difference is that Jesus does not say more than these. So he leaves that out the second time. He says, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he didn't say more than these. So there again, it was a Jesus keeps changing this conversation a little bit as it goes. And in verse 17, the third time when Jesus says all these questions, he repeats the question the third time, but uses the same word for love that Peter used. So when Jesus asked him, do you love me? Peter Peter turned around and said, yes, Lord, I have affection for you. Peter didn't say, I have a sacrificial love. And it kind of goes back and forth down through there. And so in verse 17, interestingly enough, Jesus says, lovest thou me? As it, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Jesus, instead of using that sacrificial love, he used the same word that Peter was using. He said, Peter, do you do you have affection for me? And we use that as in, do you even like me? You know, as as husband and wife, you, you have affection for each other. And, and, you know, in any group setting with different people, some people you, you naturally kind of gravitate towards, and others you don't, and that's perfectly fine and normal. But if you would already bring it up to say... Um, I wonder if he likes me. That's how they got down. They they left that sacrificial love, and they got down to the point of Jesus saying, "Well, do you even do you even like me, Peter? Do you, do you, do you really care for me? Because each time Peter was saying this, that he does. You know that I love you. You know that I love me. And so, verse eighteen. Well, let me just put this here. Uh, Peter was grieved in the the third time here, why Jesus was doing it. And it was almost as if, and this is the hard part for me to get. Would Jesus be that cruel to a person to remind him and repeat the same, almost identical way of Peter denying Jesus three times? That Jesus would come around and be so bold to say, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, yep. Jesus turned around, Peter, do you love me? Yep. And the third time, do you love me? I always vision God as one that is able to gloss over some of the past and to just let it, let it go. Jesus forgives and he forgets. <clears throat> yeah. But in this account, Jesus you want to say took a knife or a spear and just put it right to the center of Peter in his core like I mean as harsh as he could and <clears throat> like I guess I'm jumping ahead maybe some of my notes here but and if you don't if you think I'm getting out of line why um, John I put it in here uh, when Peter denied Jesus John wrote the exact same phrase when the, and when they came to land, they saw a fire of coals. I look back in John, I think it's 1818, 18, I'm not sure where I wrote it. And Peter was warming himself around a fire of coals. He, John uses that exact phrase. And Jesus, do you think, let alone asking him, but would set up a picture of that same scenario of what Peter, uh, in, in his boldness stated, I will never leave you, did it three times and Jesus resets this thing right back up a fire, food, warmth, and just brings this whole vivid thing right back out to where Peter when he knew he did it, you know he went out and wept bitterly. And Jesus just sets this all up and then points these questions at Peter, do you love me? One time. Peter, do you love me? Two times. Peter, do you love me three times? And so the, the thought here is is that Jesus gave Peter three chances three times to cover up each of those times that he denied Jesus. I don't know all that. I can't understand the mind of why Christ would do these things. But at any way, think about this: the title of the message, Restoration of Peter. This this getting Peter back in the groove to work, or groove, get uh, the, the walk, the, the way that, that Jesus wanted him to go. And, and verse 18, some of these will be self-explanatory just kind of quick go down over them but in verse 18 says verily I say unto you says when you're young you could do things but when you're old somebody else is going to do this and I looked at that as like you know old people you gotta you gotta help them get dressed you got to take them here you gotta take them there but as I see this Peter was told he is going to die by crucifixion and in verse 19 it says this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God and when he had spoken this, he saith unto me, unto him, there's two little words again, "Follow me." As if Peter needed this again to get all back in tune with God, he says, "Follow me." But what's Peter do? In verse twenty, Peter turns around and. Uh, but let me just clear up, clear up in verse nine and twenty. And depending on how you read it, it seems a little funny, but. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Okay, that whole phrase is just identifying this other disciple. So there's nothing to do with betraying here. It was simply they were identifying that the disciple that was also following was the one that said this at the Lord's Supper. So in verse 21, Peter seeing him saying, says to Jesus, which in verse 20 it says, then Peter turning about, meaning Jesus said, follow me. Peter goes, I will follow. But the one thing Peter and that all of us need to figure out is, or keep in our mind is, is he turns back to see who else is following. And it kind of got him in trouble because later on it says, uh, you know, if, like, Jesus said, follow me. What's it matter about the others back there? And more specifically, Peter, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go into 21. Peter saying him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? That phrase, what shall this man do? Peter was concerned about how this man's going to die. So Jesus just told Peter, you're going to die by crucifixion. And Peter didn't say anything. He just starts following. Catch that. Peter didn't state, yep, all right, Lord, I'm with you, I'll follow. But the verse says, Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple, turns about, and old nature comes back, he goes, Lord, how's he going to die? If he's following us, how's he going to die? What about him? And that's what the verse in 21 says, Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, What is that to thee? Follow thou me. And so that saying went abroad that this disciple's not going to die. However, Jesus is restating it. Or John restates it in verse 23 that it's not that he won't die. It says, if I want him to tarry till I come, what is that to thee? And so there's uh, some interesting things in there. assumption was that John would not die. Uh, And then John wrote these things in uh, 24 and 25 as a testimony these things are true so some things we can learn I kept kinda of cruising down through it, but some of this is going to be a repeat Jesus reveals himself today through miracles and miracles can happen if Jesus really wants to reveal himself he can and Peter said I'm going fishing and this got to the uh, once you kinda of get this whole thing of where Peter was and where he where he came from where he was where he's going uh, It's hard to know what to do with Peter when he says, I'm going to go fishing, meaning I'm going to go back to my old way of life. And yet we know that we can't ignore the uh, need to make money, to earn money, to have a job. And so we need to recognize and understand the way it was before following Jesus and the way it was following after Jesus. And I don't know in Peter's intentions of just going fishing and he was maybe on the edge with Jesus. I don't know. But he said, I'm going fishing, and the rest did. We know that we can still have, we can still go fishing, but be fishing in a different way. And, and I I just see that as an interesting note of of what Peter said when he said, I'm I'm going fishing. And we can be rewarded for following the commands of God. These men out there fishing didn't catch anything. They threw the net on the other side, and instantly they had lots of fish. And jumping all the way down to um, feed my sheep and feed my lambs I, I had to think of this as being ordained as a minister and this here being given to Peter as one that is found uh, one of the, you know, the forefathers of the church, one of the pillars in the early church um, and with an ordination today of the responsibility that we have to feed the sheep and we see that other places in scripture as well I think I stated a lot of what the words loves were back and forth. I think I'm going to let that go. And I said too, as if Jesus was saying, Do you remember the fire you stood beside and denied me? Denied that you knew me. And this here, so I, I, this was in my own words just to restate this. Um, you know, as Peter saying, Do you remember that fire and you stood beside and you denied me? Do you remember those, things you, those times you said, I know not the man? Peter, do you love me? Do you really, really love me? You have big talk, but can you really do what you say? And Jesus was really doing that to Peter, and I just thought that was cruel. And I still wrestle with that, brothers. Is that what God does to us today? Does he call you by your old name? You drunkard? You immoral, immoral, filthy person? I don't know. I don't know how to take that, how Jesus addressed him by his old name. Sinner Matt, what's the matter with you? But when Jesus says that, you are in a corner, and Jesus has you right where he wants you. And it is up to us what we're going to, how we're going to answer that. Matthew 26:33. Peter answered and said unto him Though all men shall offend thee because of thee yet will I never be offended Now Peter was he careful to say that he loved Jesus knowing that his previous failures that he denied Christ was he careful to say yeah Lord I love you yeah I love you Yep. when it got to the third time there Peter was grieved he was letting this sink in I see the patience and kindness of in Jesus helping Peter see what he's saying and then get to And when Peter gets to the place of total surrender, then Jesus says, "Now we can continue. Now I will give you a death that will glorify me since you're willing to follow." And that is another hard one for me. I'm going to skip a little bit and how the disciples, that, that turning around and following is so no natural. But questions just quickly for us today is, are you restore, completely restored back to Christ? Today we can say, yes, I am committed to serve the Lord. It's easy, isn't it? And in the case of Peter, it took some of these events to get Peter back to say, you know what it really was supposed to be when you said that? You blew it, you missed it. Try again. And brethren, you don't want to have to have Jesus call you by your old name and say, Do you love me? That's that's hard. Do you ever feel that Jesus is calling you by your old name? And I don't know how I'll take that, but the the next hard one for me is how would you respond if Jesus would tell you what kind of death you will die? If Jesus told me I was going to die by crucifixion as a martyr. Peter just instantly followed Jesus. There's no gap in here. In verse 19, it says, uh, Then he saith unto him, follow me. Verse 20 goes right in, then Peter turning. Peter got, I think, all the way to the bottom. He understood it. And from here on, the whole New Testament, I don't, think, I don't see any problems with Peter. All the old habits and characteristics. He had, if you want to say, got it. He had it. And Jesus gave him these things because Jesus knew he was responsible for him. And would you be willing to follow without hesitation? Peter did not hesitate to follow. And then the other one I have is, are you looking around at the lives of other Christians? So if you were told how you're going to die as a Christian for the glory of God... Wouldn't you want to know how some of the other brethren are going to die? And Jesus says, what's that to thee? Follow me. If you read how it says in 22, Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. It's the whole idea of Jesus and that one disciple and the relationship there is the the foundation and the starting point, And then it might branch out into other things. But for sure, not a way of comparing and Peter going, oh, I'm going to die a crucifixion and that other person might not die at all. We talked about that natural, I don't know, in Sunday school about just the way things go. You would just tend to do that. And Jesus says, and look, and, and you know how he said it in 22, he turned, told him again, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. And I think finally Peter was like I got it. I don't know how many times Peter was told follow me if you go through all of these scripture, but he finally was willing to follow. In closing in spite of failures and mistakes Peter with the help of Jesus was restored to the capability to follow Jesus to the end. And I don't know if we denied Jesus in our hearts or not I think that's probably one of the most brutal blows to Jesus that we could do is when we totally say I know not that man. I don't think there's many of us that really have done that. But I also wrestle with this thing of how committed are we when are we going to do what we say we will when following Jesus? I I ask God for grace that I can. So we if we ask we can be restored to Jesus Christ and be able to live the life that He wants for us as we follow Him. I'm just going to let that as a challenge for you all to follow Jesus the way Peter did. And if you want something to study, just read these verses again. It gave me a whole different way of looking about what, how Jesus was dealing with Peter. And how that whole thing, how is Jesus dealing with me and my big talk that I can have sometimes. Um, I just cringe at how Peter got dealt with, how Jesus dealt with Peter, and how Jesus really has to deal with me sometimes. So may we be willing to follow to the end. Shall we kneel for prayer?